Good to be in God's presence, amen. Thank you, Lisa, for uh, leading us out in that. That was awesome. Uh, there was a sense in the same thing. We were kind of hitting a little bit of a wall there. So thank you for declaring that and encouraging us. God's raising you up to lead. You're going for it. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Well, I want to uh, go ahead and open your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. I am excited about what God is going to have share through me today. I'm probably like that most weeks. Um, <clears throat> you know what? That's not true. Some weeks I just pray to make it through. <laughs> Every once in a while, you know what, sometimes your pastor's up here just like, Lord, let me make it through and, and, and by your grace be sufficient. But, uh, and, but I, I'm jazzed up today, so if I get a little preachy on you, then uh, I know most of you will like that. So, so I was, uh, you know, there's two things that came to just this way of thinking, it's kind of been off and on in my in my mind, and one was a, a couple of weeks ago we had a, a prophetic word. It was actually a tongue interpretation. Uh, Tommy McCandless gave it. I think it was two weeks ago. I think it was in in the middle of our camps. Like we had been to the first camp, we came back for a Sunday, uh, and then we t- our church went to camp the, the next week. And so basically, the the basic idea on it was was God saying, "Come to me and ask," and He ended the. The last words, and I just felt like it was really the Lord. I really feel like this was the Lord. Uh, and it was just about, you know, come to me, ask of me. You need, you need to, you know, what I'm here for you. And just the last words he said was, please ask. And I just, I mean, that's the, the direct quote that sticks in my mind is, please ask. You know, we were at, and then we were at camp the next week, um, with our church, Reagan was there, good week at camp, and uh, there was, I wasn't in this service, I only got to one of the adult services, I was in kid services, and no services with children, and all kinds of different things, but there was, there was a comment made about something that uh, the speaker, Pastor Steve, said that night, it was kind of the afterglow, we'd get together and talk with some of the leaders, hey, how, how'd it go, What's, what did God show you, or what was going on? Uh, that type of setting, and uh, Pastor Ben Weiss said to, to Steve, uh, you know, man, that was something you said. You said that three levels of prayer thing was pretty cool, and it was just something he mentioned. He said, you know, there's three levels of prayer, ask, seek, knock, and I, that's all I heard uh, that night. I mean, they didn't explain it. It wasn't something he actually even spoke on. It was just something, just like a random phrase he mentioned during his message. And we all said, man, that would make a good message. You know, kind of like, man, we should develop that or see, see if there's something in it from God in that. And so as I've been thinking about that the last couple of weeks, you know, it was still stirring in my heart. And I felt like the Lord says, it's not levels. It's not levels of prayer because it's not necessarily progressive. When Jesus says, Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you, which is a scripture we're going to read in just a minute. Uh, he's, he's not talking about three levels of prayer, although sometimes you do progress in that levels. You start with the asking level and then you're seeking and then you're, you're knocking. You know, there's, there, there, is, there can be a progression there, but I really think like the word that the Lord gave me says, no, it's dimensions. 
There's three dimensions of prayer that Jesus is talking about in this passage. So let's read it before I get too far ahead of myself so we know that it's actually in the Bible because that's important. It needs to come from the Bible. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the Word of God as we read it this morning. Make our hearts open, make our spiritual ears open, that we might hear from you. In your name, amen. So so Luke 11, this is right after, uh, this is about prayer, so the context is prayer. And, you know, the disciples have just asked Jesus, hey, there's something different about your praying, teach us to pray. And then he, you know, he recites, he says, when you pray, and he says the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and it's a little bit different in Luke because he leaves out one line that's in Matthew, but it's, it's the same idea, basically. Hey, here's, here's, the, here's the general idea of prayer. Here's how I pray. I start with, with Father. I start with intimacy. I start with going to my God. And in verse 5, it picks it up, and he, Jesus continues in Luke, and he says, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight, oops, and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Now, if my children are with me in bed, I may not be sleeping. So no big deal. I'll just go ahead and get out. But side note, number eight, uh, verse eight, I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, because of that, it's an illustration. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And in Matthew, it just says in general, give good gifts to those who ask him. So there's two different places where Jesus says this basically word for word. And so we come to the idea of prayer. And what is ultimately, what is prayer? What is prayer? Communication with God. Not just talking, but part of it is talking. It's communication with God. And prayer ultimately is really one of the key ways we develop our relationship with the Lord. If I want to get to know Corey, and I do know Corey, but I get to know Corey better if I, get, if I talk to him, but even better if I actually get him to talk to me, which is a challenge, right? You know, uh, neither Corey nor I are, you know, talker type people. You know, we can sit and listen. But, uh, you know, you get to know somebody... By spending time with them, by interacting. And normally you don't get to know someone very well if you do all the talking. Do you know people like that? Don't, don't look to your left or right at your spouse, okay? You know, do you know people that like, it's just talking. So there, there sometimes needs to be some interaction. It doesn't mean one person can't talk more than the other. But there's a sharing of relationship. And so with God, that's what prayer is meant to be. An interaction, a communication. Communication... 
has been said is, is twice as important to listen. I mean, even the Bible says that. Say, you know, you know, we've got two ears. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. So sometimes prayer might be more about, communic- about, more about listening. But here Jesus is specifically addressing, he addresses our end. He's not addressing God's end. I mean, he addresses God's end when he says God's going to receive. God's going God's to send out. God's going to answer. You're going to find it. And so here's the thing. There's a context in prayer. Have you ever had a prayer that's not answered? We all have. Okay, I mean, it's a dumb question, right? Have you ever prayed something and it didn't happen? Right? Look, I've, I've got some really bad things. I mean, there, I mean, I prayed for my mom and she died. I wasn't ready for her to go yet. Whether God was or not, who knows? I don't have the answers to those mysteries. You know, there's some unanswered questions in life that we don't get right now. If you, if you try to answer everything right now, you're going to drive yourself crazy. If you have to have an answer for everything, uh, you're always going to have a problem. There's always going to be this, this issue like, man, the thing's not working out the way, you know, if I try to figure it out. You're not going to figure it out because there's supposed to be some mystery. There's supposed to be some awe. There's supposed to be some, some like, you know, wonder in, in following God. And there's supposed to be just some faith. You know, if, we, if it just all worked out perfectly... We wouldn't, we wouldn't trust the Lord anymore. We'd go, oh, I got it figured out. <laughs> but there's, a, there's some basic things about prayer that we have to know. First of all, that God's good. That means if I pray for something that's not good, even though I think it's good, God has to say no. You know, I prayed to Mary... And I know I've, I've beat this with a dead horse, okay? So cover your ears, Sarah. <laughs> I prayed to marry at least three other girls before I met Ashley. Lord, I, this, I want this to be the one. Lord, this has got to be the one. Look at her. She's amazing. She's awesome. I, you know, this, this is the one, God. The first one, my best friend married, my roommate. <laughs> They even hid it from me for a while because they were afraid I was going to be hurt by it. Well, you know what? They were right. I was hurt by it. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with me. So God said no. Several times he said no to me because God has to answer out of his own goodness. He can't answer. And so sometimes the prayers we're praying, God is open to me saying, that's not good. If I give you that, it's not my best. You know, and God doesn't settle for just, oh, that's okay. He settles for, for best. You know, the second thing is the will of God. Jesus says, ask, ask anything according to my will. In other words, is this God's desire? Is this, is this what He wants? You know, it matters what God wants. I want what God wants. Sometimes I want more what I want. But truly, if I think about it, I want what He wants. Number three is timing. Sometimes it's just not time. This is just a quick thing on some reasons prayers aren't answered. Number four is free will. If I'm praying for someone else, they have to respond to God. I can pray all I want, but ultimately they have the choice. And God will never override someone's choice because that's not love. And God is love. He has to give us a choice or there's no love. That's why there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. Haven't you always wondered that? Like, why did God put the bad tree in the garden? Why not just have all good trees? Why not have no, no opportunity 
to disobey. But in order for there truly to be love, for us to love God, there has to be a bad choice. There has to be a choice that's, that's bad because if not, then I'm not willingly, I am not from my heart motivated by love for God. I just have no option. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. And in the midst of this, Jesus says, hey, look, I'm going to tell you something about prayer. And I think these are three dimensions to prayer. Number one is ask, is asking. This is the most basic form of prayer. It's, it's based on my needs and my wants. I come to God and I ask. This is what I want, God. This is what I need, God. This is what I want, God. It's simple. But powerful. It's like the word we got a couple weeks ago. Where I hear the heart of God just saying, sometimes we just need to ask. Sometimes we just need to ask. And be specific. And say it out loud. It's good to ask out loud for things. Why does God have us do that? He already knows, right? Does God already know what we need? Yeah. Pretty sure, right? We're mostly sure. <laughs> it was kind of... So God already knows what we need, so why even pray? Why do we have to ask? If He already knows what we need... And he's already said, I want to meet your needs. Why does he want us to ask? Relationship. Interaction. And also, you know what it does? That grows me. You know, because sometimes we don't want to ask for something. You know, when you've been, when things haven't worked out in your life for a while, and, you know, let's say you grew up and you asked for a lot of stuff and you didn't get it. Um... Or, if you grew up in your life and you got everything you asked for as a kid, both can skew your view of God. Because one, you think you're the spoiled child, where you think you have to get everything, and so you pray one time, and then God doesn't answer that prayer just like you want, or doesn't do it right away, and you go, and you go, go throw a fit. Right? Anybody ever thrown a fit with God? You know? I mean, and you know, you could even be late, go full fit mode. Full fit mode means you're laying on the ground, right? We all know, you know, you're kicking and screaming. Okay, I've seen that a couple times recently. But the other side is if, we've, if we grew up asking and never getting anything, then we're afraid to ask because we think, well, I've done that my whole life and never, never received that. So sometimes our upbringing can hinder us from entering into the fullness of this dimension of prayer of asking because God wants us to be bold but he also wants us to know, hey, I'm going to give you good things. I'm going to give you good things. And sometimes in the asking, I find out as I continue to ask, I begin to be changed. Sometimes the, sometimes the prayer that's answered most is not that my request is answered, but the work that God does in me as I'm asking him, as I'm seeking him, as I'm knocking on the door. The work that's done in me is a better answer to prayer than what I'm asking for. Because he's doing something good in me. So I must use words. I must verbalize. I believe you must open your mouth. There is power in our words. The, the scripture says there's life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so God wants us to be able to know that our words have power. I think that's why he has us pray too. To know that, hey, I asked for something. It's not just God automatically just taking care of it. He's saying, you're a participant. You're my child. You're not just some, some 
inanimate object that I have to take care of. You're not a, and you're not even just going to stay a baby. You're grown. You can do things on your own. He's saying, look, ask, ask, ask me. Asking builds in me trust and it reveals the faithfulness of God. It builds in me trust and reveals the faithfulness of God. This is where most Christians stop in their prayers. This is the only dimension most most of us pray for. And I'll probably just include myself in there. This is the only dimension in prayer that we mostly stand. Because we're always, it's about needs. I need this, God. I need this. I, or I want this. Man, I really want to see this in my life, God. I want, it may not, you know, it doesn't mean you're just praying for like, oh God, I want a million dollars. Um, he's probably going to say to most of us, you can't handle that. I'm not going to give it to you. It's not going to be good for you going to be lottery syndrome most people who win the lottery are broke within five years after they win it because it's too much at one time it's not really good for them it's actually detrimental for them to win the lottery so that's why you're not winning so quit playing um (laughs) quit wasting that money use that money for something good you know if god wants to give you a million dollars he can do that he don't need the lottery to do it so but you can ask him so i don't know he might he might for you (laughs) He's not going to do it for me. I, I'm pretty, I'm, I know that God's not going to let me do that. So he's told me, quit, quit messing around. I've never played the lottery, <laughs> by the way. But there's, there's thoughts. You know, maybe God, I can find a ticket. You know, that way I don't, I'm not playing the lottery. I'll just find the ticket. <laughs> I found tickets in my front yard before, too. And I go, you know what? If somebody dropped this in my front yard, it's probably not the winning ticket. Maybe I should check, though. Anyway, that's for... <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? If, if God's going to have me win the lottery, he's going to have to have somebody cash it in and give it to me probably. So once you win, if you want to do that, I'm, I'm available. <clears throat> but most of the time, this is the only dimension of prayer that I get to. I don't get to the full 3D of prayer. I'm in 1D prayer. And you know what? What this does, there's nothing wrong with, with these kinds of prayers. But if this is the only prayer I pray, I become a consumer. I become a consumer Christian. And we've talked a lot about that here in our church, that we're not that. It's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's not about this and that, that I'm not a part of this church to meet my needs. I'm a part of this church because I'm called to meet needs. That the church is not about, you know, getting a good message or getting a good worship time or getting a good this or that or God getting something for me. And that's the dimension of asking because God does want that, but he doesn't want it to stop there. He wants us to learn to ask, and He wants us to learn to to have the benefit of receiving. It builds trust in my heart. As I ask and I receive, I am building trust for God in my heart, and I see the faithfulness of God. But that's not the only dimension of prayer that there is. The second one, Jesus says this, Seek and you will find. It's not the same thing. It's not quite the same thing. Because when you're, when you're seeking something specific, I get the idea of you're seeking revelation or you're seeking wisdom. Those are the two words that came to me. You know, asking is about our wants and needs. But seeking is about getting to know God, getting to know God's heart, getting to know who He is, re- getting a revelation of what He's like, what He thinks like, getting the wisdom of God in my life where I am, I am operating with the mind of Christ. I'm thinking like Him. I have the power of His Spirit within me and I'm seeking to know Him. You know, when you're, when you're seeking something, I'm going to have to get my phone here. 
when you're seeking something, there's, there's a lot of different ways we seek stuff nowadays, right? If I want to find out, if I'm out of town in Dallas, and I'm like, man, I need to know where the closest In-N-Out burger is, okay? I like In-N-Out, yeah. Okay, amen? Can I get an amen? Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, I pull up, if I really knew how to use Siri, I'd even do it right now. Um, you know, you, you talk to your phone, and you can just say, where's the closest In-N-Out burger? You know, and then it, beep, beep, because I am seeking an In-N-Out burger. And I'm seeking an In-N-Out burger so I can eat a burger, not just so I can go look at the building. I, I, I'm, I'm wanting to have the revelation knowledge of what it's like to eat in and out Some of you don't have that revelation knowledge. You've heard me talk about in and out for a long time, and you've never tasted it. So you, you haven't had that revealed to you how amazing of a cheap burger it is. It's not the best gourmet burger. It's the best cheap burger, okay? Better than Whataburger, so come on now. So, but I have tools that help me find stuff. Nowadays, they're all electronic. You know, I mean, it's either this or you might have a GPS in your car. If, you, if you're seeking something, you're leaving where you are and going after something. And if you're really seeking something, you kind of think about it a lot. You know, I think, I believe that coveting is a twisted form of seeking. You know, I sometimes have a problem with that. Do you? <laughs> when you want something, I'm talking about, and I'm, you want something, whatever that object is to you. For me, it could be, it's probably most likely related to musical gear, guitars or this and that, you know, um, you know, or maybe some kind of baseball jersey. I mean, that's about the only two things I like, I guess, or music and baseball. And, you know, for you it could be TVs or it could be cars or whatever. But when, when you start wanting something that's not yours, that you don't have, it can real quickly turn into coveting that thing because then you start looking around at all things and then you start, oh man, that person has that. How'd they get that? And, you know, it's kind of a, a twisted form of seeking, but when you're seeking that, that's on your mind all the time. One of the tools I use to find stuff, it's on here again, or your computer. It's eBay, right? Because you want to find a good deal on something that you want. Okay, well, if you're in my position, you do. <laughs> okay, you don't want to pay full price, so you pull up your eBay app right here. This is one of the tools I can use to start seeking things, right? I can type in anything, and from all over the world, the people that are wanting to get rid of that thing and get money instead have it available for me to bid on. And so I am seeking out things. Sometimes, you know, seeking out means, you, it means you're regularly checking in on it, right? If you're on eBay, some of you maybe have no clue what eBay is. I get it. It's an online auction, okay? So it's basically you can check in on any time. So if you're looking for something, if you're seeking something, you check on it often. It's something that's on your mind all the time. You're thinking about it. How can I get that TV? Man, I want to get that TV. Oh, I, I want that car. I want that car. <sighs> when you seek something, and then it begins to consume you. If you're not careful, you begin to think about that thing all the time. You're talking to your wife, and you're like, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I'm going to check eBay while I'm talking with her. 
I know I'm, I'm declaring all of my sins right here in front of you people, so don't, don't <laughs> condemn me, okay? I wonder if they have that right now. Let's check on that. Oh, the Strymon Flint pedal. Let's check on it, see if it's there. Oh, it's still there. It's still there. I can bid on it. I'm seeking it. I'm seeking after something. And it begins to, in a bad way, can begin to consume me. The same thing is meant to happen in our seeking after the Lord. Where I begin to, throughout the day, when I'm seeking God, I'm like, oh man, Lord, what are you doing? What do you like? I want to know you. Because I'm seeking. I'm seeking something out. And it begins to change the way I think. It changes the things I do. It sometimes distracts me from interacting with other people, maybe even. That might be a good thing in some ways. We have tools, too, that we can seek the Lord with, don't we? We don't have, you know, it doesn't have to be the electronic tools. We've got the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like your, is like your Siri, your GPS. At any time, you can ask Him, Hey, show me the Lord. Show me what you're like. Show me what your compassion is like, God. I'm, I'm seeking after, I need a revelation of your compassion in my life. I need, I need the heart of God in me. Lord, I need your heart. I, I want your heart in me. I want to see people like you see them. I want, to have, I want to have the heart of Jesus. When I look out, I am moved. There is something in me that is moved. But I'm seeking you, God. I need that from you. And, and you notice that in the dimension of seeking, we are still wanting something from the Lord, but most of the time it's wanting it so it can be shared. It's so there can be something that's released through me so that I can have a revelation of God because when you have a revelation of God, it changes you. Paul says, I pray, I pray, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can know God better. If we're not getting to know God better, maybe I'm not seeking Him. And if I'm not seeking, I am not going to stay in the same place. If you are in the same place spiritually that you were last year, you're not seeking God. Because when you seek something, you have to leave where you're at and go get it. Some of us seek by shopping. You like to go to the mall. Women in here probably like to go to the mall. I hate the mall. You know, there's too many... Dumb stores there. <laughs> pointless stores. Most of, the, most of the stores are pointless in Midland for me. I've just noticed that. Um, some of you, they're not. But, you know, that's a way of seeking. You're seeking. Sometimes you don't even know what you're looking for. You're just shopping. You're just, well, I, if, when I, I'll know it when I see it. You know, but when you're seeking God, that means you're like, Lord, I'm always looking for something. I am wanting to know you. I'm wanting to get close to you. I don't even know what it is, God, but I just want you. I want more of you. I want to know you. And Jesus has this amazing promise, says, seek and you'll find. If you seek me, you'll find me. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. We all know Jeremiah 29, 11, right? You know, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. We stop there on most of our plaques on the wall and the posters and all that. But that's not, not the whole thing. The rest of it is this. 29.11, I like that, Corey. Um, 12. <laughs> I don't have the magic. Then, you, then, look at this. 
then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's the rest of that scripture about hope in the future. Hope in the future, hope in the future, I'm blessed, yeah. You know, part of entering into that is seeking God. Is saying, I'm going to go for something more with you, Lord. And sometimes we get stuck in just the first dimension. We're just asking and receiving. But we're never progressing anywhere else. You know, another great tool that God's given us, and we use it when we're seeking stuff too, is we've got our friends. We've got our, our ones around us. If your friend knows you're after something, here, I, I'm going to use you, Sarah and Ashley. Sarah and Ashley are friends, if you didn't know. Uh, they're good friends. And so a lot of times, I'll be out with my wife, and she'll see something and go, oh, I need to take a picture of that and send that to Sarah because I know that she's wanting to get that or she's looking for that or this is something she would like. We can have that same thing happen in our seeking after God, but I have to be willing to share what's on my heart with somebody else. In other words, if Kim knows what's on my heart and then God speaks to her about that same, same thing in her life, she can say, hey, let me, sh- let me show you what what God shared with me. Or let me show you a scripture that God shared with me. Let me show you how God revealed this to me. And Because I'm like, I know you're looking for this. I know this is what you're seeking. And I want to help you because that's what friends do. When you see something someone else wants, you're like, here it is. It's that target. I see it right now. It's on the shelf. It's right here. You want me to get it for you? I don't know that you can get things for us spiritually, but you can have your friends, those that are close to you, that are spiritually close, that need to know, hey, what's going on in your life? What are you going after with God? What are you, what are you seeking for with the Lord? That way, if, if I come, man, have you ever seen this? Have you ever heard? Oh, I heard this on the radio. It, it spoke to me. I wanted to share it with you. And look what happens. We're seeking the Lord together. We're encouraging one another in our journeys after Him. It's good stuff. So seeking, the dimension of prayer of seeking, what is formed in me is desires. And I believe when we seek God, our desires begin to change. We are formed with a proper desire. Because there's sometimes when I'm seeking God and I'm asking, you know, you got both dimensions of prayer going on at once, and it begins to change. As you're waiting for an answer, you begin to go, no, I don't really need that. I, I don't even, and then you begin to, I, I don't even really want that anymore. And so you just you set that aside, and, and that's what God wants. He's, he's working in our desires because we're, we're seeking Him and we're, we're having a revelation. We're getting to know Him better. And what's revealed about God is we get to know His character, what He's like. When you seek God, you get to know the heart of God. You get to know how, what He thinks about, how He acts, what, what, what interests Him. Because it's not just about me and getting my needs. It's about saying, hey, I'm seeking to find something in you, O oh Lord. There's a third dimension. Third dimension of prayer is knocking. And I believe this has to do with mostly with direction and also has to do with breakthrough. So asking has to do with our needs and wants. Seeking has to do with revelation and wisdom. Knocking with direction and breakthrough. Because many times when we're looking, hey, where, where does God want me to go? We say, God opened the door. Corey, help me out. Bring that door over here. Please, sir. Can you come up here, Reagan? You want to help me? Too late. You want to help me, don't you? Okay? 
This is Gary Coe's old office door. <laughs> okay? So, yeah, you just kind of hold it up. Okay, I want go ahead and just knock on this door here. Okay, that was, that was a perfect illustration. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything bad about people under 18. But as I've noticed in delivering food, you know, when we go deliver food at Langtree, we need to knock really loud because most of those people can't hear really well. And usually, whoever's helping me, and it's nothing against any, anybody, that's how they knock. Food delivery. <laughs> Greater works, food delivery. And I'm like, they can't hear that. <laughs> okay, now knock on that door. Knock on the door. All right, there we go. There's a knock, right? You know, if you, you're in my house and you knock on the door like this, I'm going to think one of the kids is beating each other against the door, against the wall. Oh, that's probably nothing. Don't worry about that, right? Was, was that the, did I hear something? No, that was, I think I heard a bump on the wall. I don't know. Uh, what was that, you know? And here's the thing about knocking. That hurts. It hurts. If you really knock and you continue to knock, and that's the, that's the other thing about this passage is it's saying... Keep on doing these things. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. When I knock, golly, it hurts. Over at Langtree, I hurt myself knocking. Because, but I want, them, I want the door to be opened because I know, in that case, I have something good for them. And they need to hear it. They need their food basket. And, you know, they've usually got the TV blaring. And what happens when we knock, though, then we listen. Because you want to listen, it's, you know, I don't want to be knocking as the person opens the door. You know, Corey's like opening the door and I'm like, oh, knocking on his face. You know, oh, sorry about that, Corey. I didn't think you, I didn't think you were going to come. So you knock when you're knocking. I'm doing it quiet because I'm getting painful knuckles right now. <laughs> when you're knocking, you're also listening for a response. What's going on behind the door? You can sit down. I'm going to keep Corey up here for a minute. <laughs> Because the door is awesome. <laughs> Revelation 3, 7 and 8. Let's look at these two scriptures here. It says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Verse 8 says this, I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you've kept my word and have not, not denied my name. God is the one that opens the doors. God is the one that says, look, when I open the door, it's not going to be shut. But he says sometimes, some doors, you've got to knock on. Is this the way to go, Lord? And then I listen. I listen for the voice of God. What is he saying? Am I knocking on the wrong door? Is this not the direction I'm supposed to go? I don't hear Jesus turning the lock inside. I don't hear any stirring from the throne of God in this moment. Am I knocking on the wrong door? Or is it a door I need to stand at? I need to stand there until I get an answer. That's what I do at Langtree sometimes. Sometimes you have to keep knocking. We go through two or three times and you're saying... <laughs> because I know they're in there. And sometimes we have to have the same persistence in our prayers that says, I am going to stand 
And I am going to knock till the door opens. But I'm going to listen while I'm knocking because God may say, He might come, might, God might even come by with a sheet and say, Dude, that's 201, not 202. <laughs> There's nobody in 201. They're never, the door's never going to open. <laughs> You know, there's, there's nobody that needs food in there. You've you got go, to go to the next door. And you're like, oh, Lord, thank you. Okay, you can put the door back. Or just put it up against this thing. That was so fun. I want to... Go, Corey, yeah. But, you know, that's what I mean. Sometimes, though, knocking hurts. When we, when we knock in our prayers and we're looking for direction, and sometimes I think it has to do with breakthrough as well, that when God is saying, keep knocking on the door, there's a breakthrough that has to happen. There's a verse in Colossians 4 that I want us to look at real quick. The last scripture here, it says Colossians 4, 3. I pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. In this passage, see, Paul is saying, look, there's, when a breakthrough happens, there's a spread of the message of God. There's a spread of the word of God, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And we need those breakthroughs in our lives. And sometimes we have to knock and pray that the door will be open so that those avenues are released through me and through my life and what God has called me to do but I have to keep on knocking so what is formed in me as I'm knocking the dimension of prayer of knocking what's formed in me is discernment discerning the direction of the Lord in my life and what do I learn about God I learn about the will of God how does he work how does he lead what, what does he want to happen, have happen in my life? Now, I've never, I've never heard a teaching like this, and, you know, I don't know if you can weigh it out, but I, I think all three of these dimensions happen in our prayers. And Jesus gives us a picture. He says, look, ask for everyone. He does qualify it there he qualifies it to make sure are you one of the everyone are you an everyone okay it says for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to him who knocks the door will be open so my encouragement to us today is let's not stay in one dimension of prayer let's not stay at the the most simplistic level of my interaction with the Lord. That it's not just about my needs. Those are important because God says, please ask. Don't try to meet it on your own. Ask me about that. And be specific. Use your mouth. Let Him build that trust in you. Let Him teach you to receive. Let Him reveal His faithfulness to you. But don't stop there. Enter the dimension of seeking God. Revelation wisdom, getting to know who he is, what he's like, his heart. Forms in me the right desires, and I get to know the character of God. And let him lead you in the area of knocking. Direction and breakthrough. I get discernment in my life. You know what, we all need discernment. We, we need to know how to walk through this life. Uh, it's getting harder and harder to walk through life in this country we need discernment. We, we need to know what doors I need to stay away from. I need to, need to know what doors to go through in my life. 
So let's stand. Let's just let's just respond to the Lord here and close by just asking Him to lead us through this. Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace and supplication. In other words, He is the Spirit of prayer. He's the one that knows how to pray best. So my best bet in entering any of these dimensions, aspects, whatever you want to call them, avenues of prayer, kinds of prayers, ways to interact with God, ways to, ways to pray, uh, I need the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. So right now, we just open up our hearts. Holy Spirit, just however you want to be open to God, just ask Him right now. Just make your heart open. Lord, say, I, I want to I go deeper with you. Lord, I don't want to be stuck just in one area where I just continually pray the same way, Lord, where I continually listen to you and speak to you in the same way, Lord. We want to go deeper. We want to have your heart, Lord. We want to seek after you. We don't want to, we don't want to be stuck in the same place that we were. We don't want to stay in the same place. We want to be moving forward, Lord. We want to be passing through the doors that you're leading us. So Holy Spirit, come fill all of us, we pray. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and knowledge to know you better. Give us the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation that we might have the knowledge of God. Lord, let us, let us see your faithfulness. Lord, let us see your holiness. Let us see your power at work. Let us see your, see your goodness in our lives. Let us understand and begin to understand your will better in our lives. How you work. The things you want. We invite you to lead us. Lord, I thank you that each and every one of us, it's not one way, Lord. It's going to be unique. We have, a, we have a personal relationship with you, Lord. My seeking is going to look different than someone else's seeking, Lord. My knocking may look different than someone else's knocking. But you're leading it all. You're directing it all. You're interacting with us. You're, you're growing us. Lord, and we want to continue to grow in our relationship with you. We want to grow in our communication with you. Lord, speaking and listening. Let us hear your call to us to ask and seek and knock. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Go into a new dimension of prayer this week, amen? That would be awesome. If you want specific prayer, if you still need prayer, come on up. And uh, we need help with chairs and all kinds of stuff for VBS. But go ahead and fellowship and we'll get to that in a minute.